You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're sitting down with my friend Desiree Antilla today, and she is so full of knowledge on synastry, which is compatibility in the astrological birth chart. So if you are new to synastry, really it's this idea of looking at two different birth charts and understanding how they work good or bad. And what's really interesting about this conversation today and about Desiree's books, Sun Signs and Love, is that there's a whole lot of things to look at in the birth chart. And, you know, I often get this question as an astrologer, what, you know, am I compatible with this person? Their sun sign is this, my sun sign is this. And the truth is, is like, that's such a small part of the chart. There's so much more to look at. And when something is quote unquote incompatible, it actually is just opportunity for growth. So we break this down today. We break down what it's like to use synastry to really understand, to find your opportunities of growth, how you can grow in your partnership. And I really deliberately aired this episode after the last conversation I had with astrologer Sophie Wan, because Sophie actually thinks a lot differently about how to use the astrological birth chart in dating. So Sophie actually asks for birth information, like while she's dating in the apps, you know, she matches with someone she's like, what's your birth info? And if they're not on board, then she's like, nope, that's not the person for me. Whereas Desiree is more of the belief to get it started, like get that relationship started first and see where it goes and then look at birth charts. So two different perspectives, which I thought was so fun, different ways to use astrology in dating, but overall using astrology and understanding what your strengths are and where you have some growth and how that might mirror in partnership is universal. And we'll talk about that today. So Desiree's book is Sun Signs and Love. It comes out on the 8th. You can pre-order it. More information on that in the show notes. And if you're new here, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. This show is all about self-care and self-discovery. I am just getting back from vacation. I actually practiced what I preached and took a week off last week for the first time in, I think, two years. (laughs) from the show. So it felt so good just to take a little break. And now I'm back with lots of energy. I have to admit, I've been feeling this Mars retrograde in a lot of ways, really in that like stagnation of not necessarily energy, but like momentum stagnation in motivation. So if you've been feeling that a bit, I'm with you. I, I, I talked about it on my Instagram the other day. Mars retrograde is a pretty big deal and it doesn't happen all that often. So if you are feeling maybe extra frustrated or you're feeling a lack of motivation right now, know that this will pass. This happens, goes through 
the end of the calendar year and then just into early January. But it's a great opportunity to revisit where anger and frustration might show up in our communication or in lack of communication. So good times, everybody. Mars, Mars retrograde. It will be done sooner than you think. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. A reminder, if you are not already on the email newsletter, hop on there. When you sign up, you get a free self-care mini course to learn a little bit more about your astrological birth chart and how you can use that with your self-care practices. And finally, make sure to subscribe. If you're not here every week, you don't want to miss any of these episodes. I don't anticipate missing another episode for a very long time, probably another two years. So I'll make sure those are in your ears and in your inbox. Let's get to this awesome conversation with my friend Desiree Antilla, the author of Sun Signs in Love. Welcome, Desiree. We're meet- it's kind of funny that we're meeting online right now because we're in the same city and we could probably do this somewhere. But I just I like seeing your face right now, like in this super exciting way. And we're gonna talk about so many cool things. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I know I was like, should we be doing this in person? I almost texted you last night and I was like, that's okay. Like we'll just do this. This is so professional, you know, we're profesh. We're like, we're profesh in, and I don't have a great profesh setup for us being in person. So this is as good as it gets. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my gosh. So we backstory for listeners, Desiree and I were connected through a mutual friend. We live really like close to each other. I mean, we live, you know, in the twin cities and have super similar interests and, we got to hang out right before baby Stella came and we got to chat all things astrology. And I learned that you have this awesome book coming out and I'm so excited. It's like something that I get questions a lot about and I literally just send them to you because I don't have a lot of answers as it relates to sinistry and dating and astrology. So can you tell listeners just kind of what you do, where your specialty lies in astrology? Yeah. So I've been an astrologer now for a long time, like way before it was cool. Like now it's so cool and everybody (laughs) loves it, which I have like a really, I have mixed emotions about. Um, I saw this really funny meme actually the other day where it was like, uh, someone took a picture of these candles and it was like, smell your Zodiac and the, the, the the meme was like astrology is dead. <laughs> sad. I, I've loved it for I mean as long as I can remember. Um I'll be 35 in a few weeks and I have been studying since I was like 12. So you can do the math wow. in a long time. Yeah. I think it's just something that I've always been very naturally attracted to. And then, so when I was younger, I just thought it was so fun to find out when people's birthday was, that they'd find out what sign they were. And then from a young age, I started really making connections. Like what are the generalistic characteristics or what do all Taurus folk have in common or what do all Aries have in common? And then I started learning about modality and element and then kind of grouping that together and just seeing patterns and similarities and then in my 20s, I started like really dating, right? So then you use it for like a whole set of other things. And all of my friends at the time knew I was into astrology and they'd come up to me and be like, Desiree, I just started dating, dating this Aquarius. Tell me what that they're like, or is that a good match for me? And so, you know, I'd spill the tea. And then I had a friend that was like, you should write about this. And 
Um, in my 20s, blogs were cool. Blogs kind of died. I mean, they're still around, but you know what I mean? Like blogs used to be like all the rage back before like Instagram and TikTok were what they are now. But so I started a blog and I started just writing about all of these relationships and like what they're like together. And, you know, fast forward to, you know, a decade later, I finished every single match. So like all of the matches. And then I had another friend say, Desiree, you should push this to publishers and see if someone picks it up and wants you to write about it. And I did and it, and it got picked up. So that just goes to show you, you should have good supportive friends that push oh. you to do things, right? Oh, like with yeah. Those two people suggesting that I would have never had this book. So uh, that's kind of the, how it came to fruition. I'm still pinching myself. It still feels a little surreal because I'm just like, wow, that's cool. You know, like all these, these things I've been writing about for a decade are now in like one compact little tiny square it's just so weird but it's exciting it's cool and I feel like you're you're being very humble because not only are you you an author and astrologer but you're a mom you have a full-time job like it's not like you just did this one thing was write a book about you know astrology and industry it's like this is something that you were doing on top of all the other things yeah I actually wrote a whole post about that because I remember the very first blog post I wrote I was single no child. I was living in like a little tiny studio apartment. And I remember the day I remember the day that I wrote my first post, it was like raining outside. I was in a different state. I was in Orlando at the time. And then my last post that I wrote a few years ago, I was, I'm not even joking, like breastfeeding my son and like writing my (laughs) last post. And it's like in my house in Minnesota, married with a child, like literally eating off of my body. It was just a very different, like, but that just goes to show you like the progress or like how I carried this with me my whole life. And it's not something that's ever changed. Like I've had different jobs and I've had different pieces of my life, but this is like, this is like the core of who I am. Astrology is like something that I will always love forever. And I always have loved forever. It's like very, this this book is like so personal. It's like a lot Mm -hmm. of my own relationships are in there. My friends' relationships are in there. My own human experiences. Yeah. I, I did not know how emotional this whole process would be, but it's been really like every time I send off like a final anything to my uh, I editor, like the first time I sent my book, I cried. Then when I edited, I cried. <laughs> when I got the cover, I cried. And my husband's like, how many times are you going to cry about this? I'm like, it's just so emotional. <laughs> it's the- when I get copy this week, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Well, are you, you're a Scorpio, right? Oh, like a major. Like I have four <laughs> sun, moon. Uh, Mercury and Pluto and Scorpio in my 12th house. So yeah, I'm just a cryer. In the 12th? Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like the 12th shows up? Especially you know with what? that much there. It's so funny. You would think I'd be like some expert on the 12th house. But the 12th house is one of the hardest to translate. Agree. Right? Um, so I actually, uh, went to Norwalk earlier this year, which is, oh gosh, it's like North something, something Western astrology conference, but it's out in Seattle. And I I had so much fun, but I took this class from Kelly Sertis. I don't know if you know who that is. Yes. Yes. She is a goddess of like, she speaks and she just 
everything she says like makes sense. And she did this whole course on the 12th house. And what's, what's most important is, is like, yes, if you have a heavy 12th house, it can mean that you uh, experience times of being like alone or going through a lot of transformation in your life. Cause if you think about the 12th house, it's, it's the last house before rebirth, right? If you think of like Aries energy, it's like you're re- you're reborn. And and when you think of your ascendant, that's like the very, that's the second you took your first breath, right? So it's almost like this transitional phase between being reborn again. It's the last house of that. So, um, you know, what she explained though is that, because I always had thought, well, I have such a heavy 12th house. Why am I not? a heavy person or like a sad person or a lonely person, right? And it's really more so because um, the ruler of my 12th house, which is Mars, because it's Scorpio, the ruler of my 12th house is in my 11th house, which is, so my Mars is in my 11th house and it's ruled by, it's in Libra. So I think, you know, and then I also have Jupiter as my chart ruler too. So my whole chart reports to Jupiter and that's in my fifth house, which is like a really joyous house. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. Try to keep it joyful. I mean, I've gone through some things, but nothing that holds me down, you know? No, it's transformation. I love that. Yeah. All that Scorpio. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. I want to talk about so many things as it relates to synastry. And I just don't know that a lot of people know what that is. Can you explain what synastry is in astrology? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I want to talk about both chart types because I feel like people maybe get them, they don't maybe either know a lot about them or maybe they know that they exist, but what's the difference? So there's really like two charts when you're talking about compatibility, there's synastry and then composite. So composites are, you know, they reveal the midpoints of two birth charts. While synastry takes both of your birth charts and then they put them on top of each other and then they look at the angle. So it's like overlaying two birth charts. So both are great ways to understand the energy of a match. Composite actually casts a chart, like a special chart that is different from you or your partner's with one set of planets and angles, whereas synastry, you have two sets, right? Because you have your partner's chart and your chart overlaid. For me personally, I think synastry charts hold more information. Mm. They're just a little juicier. So what I like about synastry charts is I can actually see, so I can look at someone's angles, like how someone's chart aspects their partner's chart and then vice versa. So I can usually tell how one feels about the other because I can see how they are angling right so someone's moon may be trying their partner's sun but if their their partner's moon is in a different sign it may be quincunx their partner's sun so emotionally they probably feel a little differently about each other so it gives you a little bit more more juice because of the aspects and so you've got two birth dates you've got each birth date for Mm -hmm. that for synastry and is uh, composite then is that like one date or how does that work yeah so exactly so composite takes the midpoints between your chart so like for example if you and your partner are like a Scorpio and a Cancer I believe the midpoint between that would be Virgo so like your your chart's sun would be Virgo right because that's Got the it. middle that's the midpoint yeah 
And then, like, if, like, Ben Affleck and, and J-Lo, like, they're both Leos. So, obviously, their chart's going to be Leo because they both have Sun and Leo, right? Mm. So, it takes a midpoint in between. So, depending on what degree your Sun is at, it literally just goes right in between. And then, poof, that's, like, your that's your composite chart. And then it does that for all of your, your planets. So your, it takes your moons and midpoints, those, your risings, everything. It's really interesting. Mm. But I, like I work with synastry more as well. of just like laying them yeah. on top of each other and seeing how they interact. Are there specific placements that you are like, okay, let's pay attention to this. Cause obviously there's a gazillion aspects in a synastry chart. Yeah, I what I typically do is I remove all of the minor aspects and focus on the major. And sometimes, just depending on the chart, I'll even remove like the angles. Like I'll remove Mm -hmm. the the you know if I don't see any like anything really strong, like um, any strong aspects to like the midpoint or the rising or anything like that, I'll just remove them. North node is really important, and south node is very important, so I always keep those. Um, I think like one. So yeah, so I just use like trine, opposition, conjunct, quincunx, and square. So Squares. those are really mm-hmm. the only five that I use. I don't use semi-sextile. I don't use any of that. I just focus on like the really strong points when I'm doing a reading um, because I think that tells the biggest story and you get plenty of stuff just from that. Like there's always a lot to like read when you're doing that. I also look at elements a lot too. So Oh, I- yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That that tells a lot too. I mean, if I see a lot of fire between them, or if I see um, you know, like there's a lot of uh earth and air, like that has its own vibe. I mean, so all of and I get into this in my book a lot, and mixing or combining your elements is a huge piece of how you interact as a couple. And then furthermore, the next step I look at is modality, because that's how you communicate, which you're married with children. I mean, how important is communication? <laughs> Like everything. So modality has a huge thing to do with it too. So if I see two couples that have lots of cardinal signs, I mean, that's like two like strong leaders. So they have to figure out a way to like both lead together. Or if I see a lot of fixed energy, I'm like, okay, you got a real stubborn couple here. So like if they agree on something, it's great. But if not, that could be, you know, some friction. And then your mutable placements, which, um, you know, are the most flexible, but they also need the most variation. So, you know, just looking at all those things, there's lots to look at when you're looking at a chart. Sometimes the element will pop out first if it's strong. Sometimes it'll be the aspects. If I see like some really strong aspects and sometimes it's the element, it just kind of depends on the chart, you know? Mm -hmm. I love this because obviously like we're speaking a little bit higher level astrology. If someone is like totally new to astrology, like I don't know what any of this is and that's okay because at the end of the day, putting two charts on top of one another and really looking at two people and how they work together, that's pretty layered. Like there's a lot to it. And we as a society, as you know, maybe in dating, all the things we want to like boil it down to one thing, right? Oh, this sign doesn't go with this one. And so I guess my question is, it's like, how much truth is there to that? Can we just like go on a date and be like, you're a Leo, no go. (laughs) I can't with that. Not even in the slightest. It makes me really angry. (laughs) Like for, for someone who's actually done literally like 
hundreds of synastry readings for couples. I, 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 I was just in our favorite shop, Jewelweed. Let's just give them a shout out. Like we, <laughs> I, I want to live there. Can I just move same, in? Same, same, same. I go in there crabby and then I leave feeling like reset. I love that place so much. Anyway, so I just went in there. And I was like flipping through some astrology books and no names, but I opened this book and it was like, it had this whole page of astro matches and they had like stars. Like this astro matches one star. I'm like, ew, ick. Mm don't say that stuff like what if you know and and it's it's not it's nonsense like you know the the biggest thing people say or will say that they don't get along with someone is usually their sun sign right because that's Mm -hmm. what they know first it's the easiest to find out um because you don't need a birth time all the time unless you're born on like the day that the sun ingresses into a different sign, then you do need a birth time. But right, right. they think that because their suns are square, that they're not a good match. And that's usually the, the aspect is typically the number one reason why people think they're not a match, right? So square matches are bad matches, um, which is hilarious because square matches have the same modality, which means they communicate the same way. Mm-hmm. So are you really a bad match? I don't think so. And then plus, a lot of a lot of square matches uh, tend to really push each other and make each other better versions of themselves. And I think I wrote a whole article about this. I think the more modern we get, you know, we look for a partner that challenges us more rather than it being, I don't want to say easy, but like somebody that like pushes us, you know, yes. mm-hmm. just like lets us sit back and and, you know, and someone that makes us a better version of ourselves. And if you want that, that's like a square opposing matches to do that. I think really well, um, anything with friction movement, something that someone that, you know, makes you realize conjunct matches where they're the same. I mm-hmm. love conjunct matches. I mean, I'm married to a Scorpio. It's like, we just get each other. What are you doing your husband? Cancer Capricorn. I'm a cancer. He's a Capricorn. We're like, yeah. Opposing. Yeah. Right, right. Right. And like, it's, so it, it, I mean, obviously when you think about cancer and Capricorn, it's the matriarch and the patriarch and like, we truly do embody those versions. But I, you know, I talked about this. We just did a, I did an episode with my husband and we were talking about some of this stuff of like, I need someone to really push me and to call me out on my shit. And like, this is, he's that person and always has been. And, you know, when you look at our charts, I, there's some good, there's some good good quote unquote stuff, but there's also some challenging and that's, that's what I need. I guess though, is there, is there anything in the chart that you'd be like, "Mm, let's avoid that? Like that really, I mean, is there any really inharmonious thing to look for? I mean, nothing that you can't work around, but okay. Like if I opened up a synastry chart and they didn't have one trine, which is like real crazy or not even like one sextile and their whole chart was opposing and square to one another. Like not even like one harmonious thing going on in there. I might be like, Ooh, that's going to be, that'll be a journey. (laughs) You will not come out of that relationship, the same person. There you go. And that's the thing too. It's like to avoid a relationship that, so what if you don't make it all the way to the end? What if you learn from it? You know, I mean, not every single relationship you're going to get into is the person that you're going to end up with forever. And, you know, I even still, I I wholeheartedly believe in, in soulmates. And one aspect that I look at with soulmates is 
uh, strong Pluto um, aspects. Like Pluto is a generational planet. So you and your husband probably have the same Pluto sign, right? Mm -hmm. And my husband too. But I look at how Pluto is placed in the chart or how um, the South Node is uh, placed in the chart. So South Node is like your past life where you feel comfortable and when you when when you are with somebody or if you partner with someone who um, has like a conjunction. So for example, uh, my son is conjunct my husband's south node. I feel like home to him. Or he said mm-hmm. even to me, like when we met, I felt like I I I knew you before. And I'm like, well, you probably did, right? So that though, so everyone's like, oh, I wish I had that in my chart. And I'm like, no, you don't, because <laughs> that means like you're here to do like work that you didn't finish in your, yeah, you know, in your past, like it's karmic work. So yeah, while that, that soulmate connection is beautiful and very cool, it's also really, really difficult too sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you're here doing work that you didn't get done last time. So um, every relationship, every chart has some really beautiful pieces to it. And then I've never, ever looked at a chart and gone, Oh, you, you're perfect. No, like there's always like something where I'm like, oh, there's a little something that'll be challenging. But um, it's a fact that if you have too many trines, so if you think of a triangle and if you think of the energy going around and around and there's like no outlet for it, it's just lazy. It's kind of like a lazy. It's too easy. It's too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't count those squares out as like a bad thing. Right. My South Node's in. Libra on the seventh. I just love a good relationship. Just oh, so yeah. comfy. Oh, yeah, that is that's right. That's right because you have Aries rising. Oh yeah, Aries rising. I'm like, that's the easiest because I can just remember exactly where all right. your houses are. Like, was a snap. You know? <laughs> um, that's an interesting. Libra South Node in the seventh. Oh yeah, right. Because I have I have Libra South Node as well, but mine's in my eleventh, so that's way different. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been asked this question before and I, my answer to whether or not it's okay to look at people's charts, like when you're dating is, yeah. mm, I think it, you have to ask them, like, what's your opinion? What are the ethics around looking at other people's charts, especially when you're dating without their consent or like, how do you, how would you approach that? Someone who's like really involved with really interested in astrology and wants to know. Here's my question: Like, how do you get a birth time without at, at telling them what you're getting it for? <laughs> true, that is true. I mean, like, but you still should ask. I, I think um, I've had people come to me after they've been on like a few dates and want me to do a reading, and I say no. I'm like, absolutely not. This is silly. <laughs> like, get to know the person first. I'm not going to sit here and fortune tell your your relationship. That's not what I'm here for. Um, and you shouldn't do that either. I mean, it's fine if you want to find out like their big three or whatever, but like to sit there and like pick apart their chart after you've been on a few dates, it's like, that's like a bad habit to get into. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but ethically, if you're married to that person, I don't care (laughs) if you're married, you know what I mean? Like the, a lot of astrologers always say like, you should have that person's, um, permission, permission, but you're right. Like you wouldn't, I mean, I love those memes of like the mom that gets the text from her, her son. That's like, what time, what time was I born? And she's like, get away from that woman. Like, whatever. <laughs> but I guess, you know, I think to even just studying, I think what I tell people is like, first 
study your own chart, queen. Study that chart and get to know your strengths, your shadows, because that is, you know, relationships are mirrors. And when we're strong and when we're stepping into that power, that will come right back. It's like, you can't go wrong with the birth chart. A hundred percent. Yes. That's a great, that's great advice. Yeah. Do a reading for yourself first or, or look at your own chart first for sure. So how would you work astrology like healthily into dating? Would you look at like, again, we talked, you're setting your own birth chart, but like looking at what's happening in the sky right now, or like someone that's like, yes, this is going to help me. How can I use it? I just talked to someone about this. Like, do Gen Zers just straight up go, hey, what's your sign on a date? Because if I would have done that like 10 years ago, I would have never, ever had any dates. They would all ran. But like now it's cool. So do they just immediately go, hey, can I see your birth chart? I think that's like I a thing. I think it, well, I... I mean, I guess now I'm into this, but like, I do ask people like right when I meet them, like, what's your, what's your sun sign? I'm super curious. You wouldn't. No, I do think Gen Z probably like, I, I don't know that many. I'm old. I think no. I've been out of the game for a bit, but I do think that, um, yes, it's more, uh, appropriate to you know, ask like, Hey, what's your, what's your sun sign? So like, yeah, if you figure out their big three, there's sun, moon, rising, whatever, Venus, Mars, which are important too. I I just, I just don't want people to like write anyone off. So like, sure, go home and read, go home and read about it. But if you are reading something that makes you feel like you shouldn't be with that person or going to date your, please stop reading that. Cause like, and that's one thing I like, I mean, I want to push my book again. Like in my book, you can literally go home and just like read about what that relationship is like or what that, you know, that sun sign pairing is like. And yeah, I do talk about areas of opportunity, but also I try to keep it really positive and say, hey, these are the, the pluses of like the, these two energies together. And then, yeah, and then your, you know, your moon is like emotion. So I think, again, just trying to stay positive constantly. But like, I, I love when you do get to know your partner's chart more. I do love what it can do for you as far as creating space for compassion. So my husband has an mm. Aries moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and his Aries moon is fun most of the time. But sometimes I'm like, whoa, we need to pump the brakes, buddy. Like he's constantly like, let's start a project. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Or his temper, like his temper will like flare really quick. And I'll be like, whoa, there Aries moon, calm down. (laughs) You know? So, um, I think knowing that he has that another thing he has is like his Virgo or his Mars is in Virgo. So Saturday morning, if it's like, like before I even have like a full cup of coffee, it's like, what are we doing today? What are we going to get done? Where are we going to go? There's that, that Mars and Virgo, like, let's get the checklist going. And I'm like, it's Saturday, you know? And, but I, I'm like sitting there thinking like, as he's talking to me and when I want to stab him with a fork, I'm just like, it's just, it's just, he can't help it. Cause like his Mars and Virgo needs to have like a job, you know? So yeah, yep. it's just, that's how I use it is creating compassion for the things that drive you crazy and being like, okay, that's just because like, I see that in his chart, his chart activating and that's who he is. That's so, so well put. This is, it's for compassion. And, and I agree that if you're reading something, whether it's an app or it's an article that feels negative and icky, yes. Like let's give us a cautionary tale. Fine. 
But if something is like truly like this is dark, I I feel that a way like sorry to call out CoStar, but like I do feel that way about CoStar. It's a little heavy. And at times I'm like, this isn't like I don't want to be afraid of astrology. I want to be able to work it in and look forward to it, you know? Astrology is not a tool that is meant to tell you that there will be a storm. It is a tool to tell you to bring an umbrella, meaning like it could be, but it also like, Hey, just be prepared. Know this about your partner, just because your partner has, you know, a certain planet and, you know, maybe like, and, and again, with all this Hellenistic astrology can also kind of be like a little negative too, right? Like, Oh, so my moon is in Scorpio. I was born with the moon in Scorpio and the moon is considered at its fall or detriment. And that sounds so like, oh, my moon is, and I'm like, I love my Scorpio moon. Like, so some of that stuff can just be like a little makes you not feel like, and I've heard like Venus signs. Like I just had a girl tell me, well, my Venus is an Aries. So I just can't do relationships well because of that. And I'm like, what? you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Or when I opened that book the other day and I saw my person, my marriage is a two star relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can't, like it's just silly. And uh, yeah, CoStar I've heard has been giving people a lot of anxiety because it like pops up on their screen and yeah. like, have a bad day today. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> like I, I have almost a daily ask, you know, transit aspect, but never am I like you can have a bad day today. You know, I mean, there are some tougher transits to get through, but it's more of like, hey, just watch out for this. I say people may be a little bit more on edge today than usual, but, you know, just having a dialogue rather than a monologue will be important today. So like just being positive about it. So that way when your boss snaps at you or your partner snaps at you, you can be like, oof, because, you know. Like square Mars or whatever. It is, right. Know? I that I think it's more fun to go look backwards. And especially with kids, I find that to be super helpful because they're just like, you know, they're just open little beings and they absorb that so much more. And it's wild. I think they're such a pure version of their their astral their astrology. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like we could have like a total other episode just to talk about astrology with our children like just like watching because my son is a Virgo and I try so hard to like not just put that on him but he today I went to pack meals at his school with him for um meals from Minneapolis like a food bank and he was scooping the uh the noodles into the bags and I'm like and we're trying to move fast right but dude needs to have like the complete the, the noodles leveled off and he'll put like a couple of <laughs> I'm like Trey, just throw it in, buddy. Just throw it in. <laughs> and then the woman was like, oh, he's so uh he's such a perfectionist. And I'm like, and I wanted to be like, yeah, he has Sun and Mercury and Virgo. So there we go. I would so. say it. I say things like that all the time and I get blank stares. <laughs> when okay, so if someone is is like interested in learning more about sun signs and about those matches your book is such a great place to go can you talk a little bit about how it's set up and like how people can use it yeah so um I start the whole book out with talking about the the three major things that I look for when in a pairing which we went over so elements modality and aspects 
Um, so I go into like a deep dive and in, into all of those. And that way that when you're reading, you'll kind of know some of the jargon. Like when I say this mutable sign and you're like, what's a mutable sign? Well, I cover that for you. And, and I think I, I tried to break it down to a point of where like, oh, this is super easy to remember. Cause once you get it down, it's, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, and why that those four signs are mutable, right? Cause they're chatty and they're movable, flexible, um, and so, and so on and so forth. So I, I dive into all of that, but then I start out with Aries, of course, cause they're the first sign and I go into certain scents that they like crystals that they like. I'm a, I have a lot of crystals myself. So food that they like, so colors that they like. So, so the whole point of, of doing all of that is so if you're dating someone or if you are married or whatever, or even if you just have a friend and you're like, Oh, what do I get this person for their birthday? Well, you can get them a candle like for a tourist, right? Get them a candle that maybe smells like sandalwood and get them some, you know, green aventurine and, you know, like get them their favorite flower. Um, like I love daisies for tourists, right? So like you can kind of customize like their, your gifts for them or under, or, and just understanding, I think the signs in a tangible way is really important. Cause for me, I love like looking at things, smelling things, touching things to understand what that sign embodies. And so that's what the beginning of the chapter starts out with is all of like the tangible things that are connected to that sign. Um, and then I move into how to spot one. So like physical characteristics of each mm. sign how to lose one, things that like, they just like certain things, like they just can't stand. Just, I, I think that'd be good, especially if you're just starting to date being like, oh, I didn't know that that sign didn't really care for that that much. Um, then also I get into um, how to love them, how, how, like what's their love language, how they like to be loved, how they're experienced in a relationship. And then I get into all of the matches. So what Aries and Aries is like together, Aries and Taurus, Aries, Gemini, and then so on and so forth. So yeah, then that's the book. So much, like so many pairings of you think. And these are just, this is just sun sign to sun sign in, in these, which I think is like yeah. one of the best places, obviously, to start. Yeah, it's a great place to start. So there's 78 total. So if you, the book is, it has all 78 of the matches and I don't use, gender so it's not you know because it's not necessary right um right. It's, it's just the the archetypal energy of that uh, of that sign but what you can do is is later down the road like let's say you get to know your partner's sun sign and then you know their moon and rising sign like so when I read my husband and I's rising so my husband has a Capricorn rising and I have a Sagittarius rising and like when I read that section it makes me laugh because I it resonates so right. you can even like go through the book and then match your moons up, match your Venus signs up and your Mars. And you can go through the whole thing and, and read every little subsection of what your history is. And it will resonate. I had um, the people that, some people that endorsed my book, she's uh, Louise Eddington. She wrote me and she was like, I read my husband and I's moon set and I was laughing so hard. I was in tears. And I was like, well, I'm glad you found it funny. Uh, but that's kind of how the book is designed. And, you know, some people resonate perhaps more strongly with their moon signs. So if you do, then, you know, then, you know, read it that way if that, if that works. So, yeah, that's a great suggestion. If you like look at them all and all those, those lineups, what is, if someone was reading it, like, is there anything you really want them to take away from your book? 
Yeah, I I think the biggest takeaway, my my hope is that it just creates space for compassion. Seriously, I know we already talked about that, but mm-hmm. like I really, I really hope because relationships are so hard. I mean, they're beautiful, but they're really hard. And I think that it, it, this is really a tool for you to understand your partner on another level, like on a different level. And I hope that there are spots in the book that you stop and they, it does make you laugh or it makes you feel maybe a little emotional, like, oh yes, that is exactly how I feel in my relationship. And, you know, throw it at your partner and say, Hey, you got to read this. And then maybe you can talk about it. I had pair that my friend actually, and her husband read it together, their section. And they like literally had like an hour long conversation about it afterwards. And I was like, sweet. So I'm like, that's exactly, you know, what I want. Cause they got some like laughs out of it. And, and I just hope that it brings some, some joy and some room for compassion and just understanding your partner. I think those are the biggest takeaways. Perfect. Sure. Perfect date night activity. Grab the book, look at them together. Talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Have some laughs. <laughs> Okay. So it comes out so soon. I've got mine on pre-order. I'm going to come to the party. I like, I don't get out much. That sounds like the perfect opportunity to get out. So I'm going to be at the book signing. (laughs) When does it come out? It comes out on November 8th, which is easy to remember because it's the day the eclipse happens and election day. Oh, you are. Whoa. Powerful energy. I'm impressed. I was a little, I'm not going to lie, I was a little upset because I don't really like to work with the ecliptic energy. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when my publisher sent me the date, I was like, do I have an option to change this? She goes, nope. I'm like, okay, well, this is what we're going to work with. And um, it's really funny though, because eclipses act like chapters in a book, right? Because mm-hmm. the lunar nodes switch signs every two-ish, two and a half, three years. And so you get... Um, eclipses always come in a pair, as you know, and, and like during that time, it's like a chapter of a book, right? So it's so funny. The first, the first eclipse that it happened, the very first one was like right around, I'm telling you like a day or so of when I got my contract for my book. So this whole, yeah, like the whole eclipse, like this whole Scorpio Taurus eclipse cycle has been my book. So it really does make sense. And, and, Every time like an eclipse happens, like I'm either sending my final edits in or I'm getting the cover, like something happened during the eclipses. So it's okay. It's going to get released on an eclipse. There's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) It's going to happen and we'll see what happens. So, But at the end of the day, eclipses always bring what's, you know, what's meant to be, what's for our greatest good. So like, it is what it is. So. Yeah, that's why I'm like, all right, everybody, I'm not manifesting technically. I'm just releasing. So here you go. Yeah. And especially on like a, yeah, Scorpio Taurus or just like, it's a little bit out of my control. I'm going to, yeah, just go with it. Enjoy the luxury of this being out and done. Yeah. And now it's like the fun part for sure. So yeah, so it'll be out on the eighth. But if you pre-order, um, you get a gift on me. So if you pre-order before, like literally the day before is fine, you get an, an entire um year to my site. So my uh all of my articles are behind a paywall. 
right now, it's like $15 for the year. So if you go and buy the book, which is $19, you get either I have a 20% off coupon right now with Llewellyn. It's all on my site. You're literally essentially getting the book and a year of my articles for 15 bucks. Get on that pre-order, everybody. It's it's going to be a good one. I'm so excited to to dive in as well. And I'm so glad we were connected. How Just how serendipitous, really. It really is. Yeah. It was funny. I was at a women and I was at a women's event and I saw crystals, of course. So my witchy ass is running over to the crystals. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crystals. I met Jordan and like, she was probably like, oh my gosh, can I, how do I get rid of this woman? Cause I could talk about crystals for like hours, you know? Um, and then she was like, yeah, I, I know some people I should connect you with. And that's how we got connected. So it was totally serendipitous. So fun. And then it was crazy because, you know, my, my son was breached and, you know, Stella oh, was yeah. breached. So yeah. that whole story was really crazy and the timing of all that. And thank you, Desiree. This was so much fun. I'm glad that we got to chat and everyone check out the book. I'll make sure to link it up in the show notes. This is going to air just a couple days before. So there's still time. Everybody get in, get that pre-order and you'll learn a lot about yourself and your partner. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, hopefully I can see you on the 8th or the 9th. I mean, that would be so much fun. You should come. Yeah, that would be really fun. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, hit subscribe, and give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Really appreciate you being here, everyone. Thanks so much.